Hello everybody and welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, the podcast where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world and I have to do with them. I'm your host, Molly Marsh, um, and today um, I'm sort of belatedly bringing you a Legend of the Sea Devils uh, review episode. I have, believe it or not, literally just come back from the supermarket um, where I went to buy uh, Rennie's for um, some bad acid reflux I'm having today. I wish I was making that up, uh, but I'm not. Um... I met up with um, regular guest Beth Oh My Stars Axford at her home in uh, South London um, to chat all things Legend of the Sea Devils. Although uh, much of our conversation in the end uh, focused uh, on the phasming aspects of the episode, we don't talk too much about the rest of it. Uh, we also chatted about the fantastic Doctor Who Redacted. Um, there were two episodes um, ever out at the time of recording. There's now three out. Um, and yeah, it was just not, it's so nice to catch up with Beth again um, and, uh, and and chew the fat about who. Um, I'm not going to promise more Galactic Yo-Yo soon um, because as I mentioned later in the episode, um, I'm doing um, my play again um, with Johnny. So uh, that's, ta- that's taken up a bunch of my extracurricular uh, time. Um, but there will be more um, Galactic Yo-Yo before the summer's over. I'm planning to make some more content about Redacted if I can. Um, and interview some more people because it's been too long, man. Um, but I'm going to stop uh, waffling on now. Uh, and without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Beth. Oh, my stars, Axford. Oh, and um, Josh, uh, the whippersnapper, as he's known on Twitter, um, who uh, made an uh, uh, impromptu guest appearance, an amazing impromptu guest appearance in this podcast. Um, so thank you to him too. Thank you to Beth. Please enjoy my conversation about Legend of the Sea Devils. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo record great stuff just checking the time just uh um, how is it nearly 7 I've, p.m i realize i haven't come up with a acid reflux pun for this one oh um acid sea flux yeah there, there we, we go, go. sea flux that's <laughs> As, acid sea um, flux yeah, yeah that's good. great i like that because at new at new year is happy new good um, <laughs> and uh, and the rest of the season was. Oh, I remember. Yeah, sorry, I completely forgot that you did that. Yeah. Um, acid sea flux is a great one. Um. Oh, that's my Coca Cola. So we've no Johnny today. Um. No Johnny, Johnny was Johnny was busy. Uh, when well he was watching the Formula One. Um, <laughs> <laughs> earlier. No. Um. Johnny's not with us today, but we'll. Uh, we'll I'm going to get Johnny back for um the centenary, and uh, I'm, mm. I think I'll get like a few guests for that. That'll be a laugh. Um, but I'm here with everybody's favourite Galactic Yo-Yo guest. Well, not everybody's. Not every. I'm sure other p- some people have different favourites. But um, uh, she's no doubt some people's favourite. Um, Beth Omar stars Axford. Thanks. You've never made me feel so, <laughs> so little loved little. and comfortable before. <laughs> um, you'll know Beth from Time Ladies fame. Um, not anymore. If y- Rip. 
<laughs> if you were born in the 90s, you'll know from that. <laughs> uh, if you were born after the, the turn of the 21st century, you might know her from occasionally tweeting. Occasionally tweeting. You might know her from uh, her Radio Times um, articles about Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, her articles for other publications like Digital Spy. Mm. The New Statesman. I have done that. Uh, any, anywhere else? Inked Who. Inked Who? Yeah. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Plug that right at the top. Yeah, that's the that's the Doctor Who thing I'm doing the most at the moment, I think, is doing Ink 2 with Imogen at Janoodle, which is yeah. kind of like Who was on my last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is just like a collaborative kind of Doctor Who. I don't really know whether to call it a poetry thing. Well, you're writing little poems, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I write little things and then Imogen illustrates them and we call it Ink 2. Yeah, it's stunning. Um, and, and people can buy your stuff on Etsy, right? Yeah, they yeah. can. I forgot about that. Um, I'll put a link to that in the description. Yeah, we should probably update the shop. So that and the and doing little articles is what I'm doing at the moment, yeah. And <laughs> tweeting. And tweeting. We all love to And doing radio debates. Cool. So we're here ostensibly to talk about Legend of the Sea Devils, which aired exactly a week ago. We did. Easter Sunday. In about like 20 minutes, it'll be one week ago, yeah. Yeah, um, I'd sort of, forg- I mean, I said this at New Year as well, um, I'd sort of forgotten Doctor Who was going to be on. Mm. Did um, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And See, then some of us, it's the only thing they think about um, <laughs> for well, like, most look, hours of the day. I was away <laughs> on, um, I was away on a little holiday mm-hmm. on a, on an island off the coast of Colchester. You are. Uh you know, did you know about this? Yeah, you told me. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, a little island called Mersey Island, uh, and yeah, I've been. I was there all weekend, and then I came home and I um, went to the pub for a bit. Mm-hmm. I had, I think, two or three pints of lager, and then I came home and I opened another Stella, okay. and watched Legend of the Sea Devils under the influence. And my plan was to watch it again before <laughs> I recorded this. And I, haven't. I watched it earlier today. Oh, did you? It's oh, not good. As well, fun you can help me out then. What happens in it? <laughs> What's I mean, done with the plot? Look, I when I it's, first of all, I watched it for the first time with a really big glass of wine, and I had a really fun time, and I had a really nice day and a really nice evening, and really enjoyed it. And mm. then um, I remember understanding understanding the plot after I finished it the first time, mm. but then I think um, I was trying so hard to understand the plot while I was watching it today that I almost yeah. went the other way and, and understood it less because right. I was and also I was in the middle of watching Netflix's Heartstopper and my mm. brain was not concentrating on Doctor Who at all it was like no you must go and watch more Heartstopper so I kind of um <laughs> was just like okay my brain is not I mean I'm just not feeling right today my brain is not working <laughs> you know this might be unfair but I felt like it was a story and this isn't necessarily I mean it is a criticism but it's not even my strongest criticism of it it felt like it was less it was less plot just vibes with that story like the yeah. plot existed but it was neither here nor there it was I completely it was agree it was more like thing. here are some aspects you know chinese pirates uh thasmin mm-hmm. dan in a culturally insensitive pirate costume for a laugh um <laughs> and and uh, uh sea devils yeah put it all together and like that sounds like a great and then the plot sort of i felt like the mechanics of the plot. Oh, <coughs> bless <Sorry>. you. <laughs> um, the mechanics of the plot uh, seemed secondary to yes, me. Yes, I could probably tell you the plot, ish, and I think famous last words. Here we go. Although, okay, what happened? But I will say before I try to explain <laughs> the plot, I actually did write some notes. Maybe I'll open my notes up. No, nope. um, I, I forbid you. In doing so, you've got to tell me Damn. off the top of your okay. head what happened. What I was going to say is that I don't know why I'm being so smug because I couldn't. <laughs> I don't wouldn't know where to begin. One of my favourite 
things that Doctor Who, my, like one of my favorite Doctor Who things ever is when it's just like vibes rather than it being really complicated and plotty. Like yeah. Doctor Who vibes for me is like some of my favorite stuff. But I did feel like when I rewatched it today, I was like, oh, I wonder if I would have loved this as much if it wasn't for the Thasmin stuff driving the episode. Um, but I think the main gist of the plot is should i explain it how it happens in the episode or just like in time periods how it happens okay i'm just going to explain what i can make my brain yeah. muster up um so there's go, a go, go. there's a there's a, a silo uh, no not even a silo wow silurian oh my god well they are they're cousins aren't they um, they're cousins uh th- this is because me me and my housemate josh earlier were like having like a, a sea devil silurian argument so that's right, why okay. my brain has done this um so there's a big sea devil's statue sea devil statue and it's holding a keystone that Madame Ching comes to find because she wants to find this lost treasure. Mm-hmm. The lost treasure has a um, a really great, probably quite famous name that rhymes with um, the, the movie that recently came out, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. So I can't actually remember what the name of the treasure is because I, it, I always think of that movie. I think it's like... Is it Schmister Del Mar? No, it's like something... Fluff, fluff. I feel really awful that I can't remember it. Fine. Um, and she gets the keystone and she's looking for the treasure. Yeah because she needs to get her son her sons back from someone who's taken them and they okay. want um they want to be paid off um and then uh the sea devils have what i mean by that is that the main sea devil guy who is like pissed off has come to um jihun jihun is that his name um jihun a couple of a couple hundred years before and he's um and then Ji Hoon's given the keystone. This this makes me realise that the plot isn't actually as good as I thought it was. Has <laughs> um, given the keystone to his friend um, and made him leave the boat. And so a few hundred years later, it's been put into the Sea Devil statue, mm-hmm. and the Sea Devils are stuck in there in the statue because mm-hmm. of this keystone. Um, and it's been passed down through the hundreds of years that it's been. Um, but also Ji Hoon has been stuck in like. A and did they ever explain like where the keystone comes from? I don't think so because when I was explaining that, that was the part that I kind yeah. of was just like, "Where did that come from?" Um, so I'm not entirely sure. Maybe they did explain that. Um, and then obviously, um, n- the guy who was protecting the Sea Devil statue, his son has got the keystone around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, that God, I think it maybe accesses the treasure or something. Fuck me! I literally, I've suddenly right. realised that this Fine. doesn't make as much sense as I it thought. <laughs> I l- I'll say what I said before you started explaining it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I d- honestly don't think it matters. Yeah. Um, it's just vibes. <laughs> it was just vibes. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, I do think that bothered me because mm. it didn't really feel like, <laughs> I've said this so much in the Chippewa era, it didn't really feel like this episode was about anything. I think. Like, what was it about? Like, when I, I guess maybe it's it. about Jodie, Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill and their, and their characters their relationship with each other maybe it's about yeah. that but that's not I- he's not tying that to anything it's what it's not I- it's like well it's like the, r- the rest of the plot is made around it isn't and it? then yeah. the and then the thasmin stuff is happening uh, next to it but none of it's happening together mm. and it was the same in either the daleks so I, well, I suppose actually either the daleks was better because they 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 used the ashling b I forgot the other character's name. Mm, the creepy guy. The creepy yeah. guy. They used their relationship as a, as a mirror to uh, to um, the Doctor and Yaz. Yeah. And that, that worked. But there was nothing like that here. And it just felt I like... I really liked the idea that the Sea Devils were trying to flood the Earth and make it their home again. I thought that was um, an interesting plot. 
point. You're 70% water. Yeah, but they were like they were gonna like fully flood it and be like right. buy land crawlers, we're gonna take the earth yeah. back. I really like that as an idea. I just I feel like they didn't flesh it out enough, maybe. Um and I think the treasure stuff and going between um the past and the future in the and, and all of that and using real life figures and everything. Well he likes to do that, doesn't he, Chris? He likes to go he likes to use lots of different time Yeah, I really, same. really like that, yeah. but I think I think it's, I mean, I have massive brain fog today, so this could be why. But I remember after the episode really enjoying the plot and thinking that did make sense to me. But trying to explain it to you now, I'm like not explaining it well at all. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I'm not really concerned with whether it made sense. I'm yeah. more concerned with what does it signify? Do you know what mm. I mean? What does I it think mean? It, I, think, um, <laughs> I, think, I think that it probably signifies a little bit that this was just an extra episode that they weren't ever really going to make until they were. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I th- that showed. Yeah, slightly. And But actually, like, I still really enjoyed it and I don't... I wouldn't say it was, like, one of the worst episodes of this era or of Doctor Who in general because I still really enjoyed it. But I do wonder whether, if Thasmin wasn't driving it, whether the episode would hold up enough for me to love it that much. Do you know what I mean? But I still really enjoyed it and I think it was really fun. Um, yeah, I think... It definitely wasn't one of, definitely wasn't the worst of the era in my mind. But I think there was something upsetting, not upsetting, but like there was something demoralizing about how it was the only episode we're going to get for ages. But then I don't really think about it that way because for me, if I was going to get an Easter special, that's probably exactly what I would want out of it. Like just a bit of silly fun. In the same way that I've always really enjoyed Planet of the Dead for the same reason, it's just a bit of silly fun before you know the main storm Mm. of the regeneration stuff happening. Um, but also, it's also an extra episode that we weren't meant to get. So it's almost like I, I probably, maybe this is the wrong way to look at it, but I don't mind if it's a bit silly and a bit funny. I mean, there are so many scenes that Oh, I don't mind a silly episode yeah. at all. I don't mind that at all. I, I just like it to be done well. Mm. I like the unicorn and the wasp. <laughs> Big up Gareth Roberts. I like, <laughs> I like, um, you I know, I like Robot of Sherwood. I, I like think the Crimson Horror. Do you know what I mean? I, I I I would say it what it feels like to me is quite similar to what um Robot Sherwood is mm. Sherwood Sherwood is in in that like to me I don't <laughs> think the plot is <laughs> massive massively makes sense in Robot of Sherwood but I've always really enjoyed it as a comfort episode because of the characters and like the you know the idea of Robin yeah. Hood and the Doctor being fictional characters all of that, oh, that sort was of thing. great and Legend of the D- Sea Devils gives me similar vibes um in that it's clear they had some sort of trouble making the episode for whatever reason, maybe because it was last minute, I don't know. But also, I, mean I had it, such it a good time watching it. Very botched in the edit. I got big um, Orphan 55 vibes yeah. from the way it was edited. Which, again, though, Orphan 55 was one of my favourite episodes. Mm. I love that one. And so, for me, it's it's kind of hard because I had such a good time with it and I left it. I cried quite a few times throughout the episode. I was laughing throughout the episode. I thought there were so many good elements to it. Um, but I could see why people wouldn't vibe with it but I but I, I don't know like I mean I've had this conversation with a few people now and my friend Ben said to me like uh you know if you haven't liked Doctor Who this era of Doctor Who so far there's probably no way you're gonna enjoy the things that that the people who do love it love about it do you know what I mean oh like, absolutely yeah yeah I mean I know. yeah it's that's why I kind of honestly was dreading making this podcast a bit because mm. I'm like well I don't want to be ma- I'm moaning about the same things I've moaned about for, for yeah. four years. Do you and know I don't want to defend the same things I've had to defend yeah. for four years. It's, yeah, it is it's tiring, and I think that's why and it's... And this it's episode was so bog-standard Chibnall mm. that it's like, what can I say about this that isn't... 
Yeah. That hasn't been said already. What I can talk about is Thasmin, which is new. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, What's your I'm stance so on the whole Thasmin thing? I'm just so jazzed about it. Are you? I'm so, so jazzed, jazzed about, about it. it. So jazzed about it. Um, I, I love it a lot. And I think that what they did with it in, in Legend of the Sea Devils was actually more than I was expecting them to do with it. I kind of... um. I've always, 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 since series 11, have said, and you'll know this, Molly, and all my friends will know this, I've always said that Yasmin, Yas is 100% not straight. There's something going on with her. Um, and something funny about her. They were dropping dro- <laughs> dropping a few hints here and there, especially in series 12. And I've always been rooting for it. And I remember during Flux, waiting for it to happen every episode. And I think that's why I found the Vanquishers, I've, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but I found the Vanquishers a little bit disappointing because I think I was waiting for them to do something re- much bigger with Thasmim. The Vanquishers are a fucking shit show. Um, I haven't rewatched it since, so I don't feel like I can properly comment on it. But I, I think I was disappointed in, in how little Thasmim there was in that i thought it would lead to something bigger and then it didn't and then even the daleks happened and i was like i i honestly i'm really scared they're not gonna do this at all and this is all i've been waiting for since 2018 and then it happened and i i mean it blew my mind i was never expecting it it blew my mind but isn't it such a great thing that they've decided to i mean we will never know the ins and outs and 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 you know the backstory of this or what Mm. happened internally or behind the scenes whatever but isn't it nice that if it is the fact that Chibnall was listening to fans, I think that's a really nice thing. Because I think he said in uh, during Series 11 <laughs> yeah. that there wasn't going to be any romance or something. I remember that's something that he like did going around. Him, yeah. And now, you know, I, the fact that he's yeah. listened to fans, and it might be too late for some people. I don't really see it that way, but it might be too late for some people. Yeah. Um, and I, th- But I think that the fact that they've done something with the show that's so big for so many people is really important. And... I just think that's so nice. So I think it's nice to listen to the fans. I mean, there are some there are some like parts of Doctor Who where it's like, oh, you can see that they've listened to the fans and they've shoved the Daleks in it again, or they've done this again, or mm. they've brought all these characters together. It's a bit like a bit Marvel-y, a mm-hmm. bit like Avengersy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but this was one of those things where I was like, I'm really glad that if they listen to the fans, I'm really glad that it was on this because um, I really I just really appreciate it as a thing that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> I. I do think it's too little, too late. Personally, we—I mean, we've had this chat before, you and I, and I—I I think. Fair enough. It's good. I think it is good to take that feedback on board, especially when his track record. He talked a lot of talk at the start of the era about mm. LGBT representation, and it never really came. I think. I think it was Matt Strevens or someone, didn't they? Did an interview that was like, "We're going to have LGBT representation." Yeah, in the show. and we never really got it. Like, we yeah. got the odd side character making. But R- remarks about being LGBT and then dying. You say that, but me and my housemate went through every LGBT character in Doctor Who, and and whether it's good representation or not, and um, for his uni essay, and mm. Chibnall's era is the best one out of all the eras, which it is really surprising. What? Why? What? Um, you're asking me a question that I feel like is not fully my remit, but um, it, the basically there's like a certain scale. Ba- basically, you know, like the Bechdel test. There's mm-hmm. one for LGBT representation, and we did that on all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chibnall's era is actually the best for LGBT representation. I, I, that can't be true, surely. But it is because most gay most gay people in Doctor Who uh, are played off for a joke, or like their sexuality is a joke. Or blah, 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 blah. Like, and, and and the thing is, like, once you look at it through the lens of the the test, the Chibnall era wins. Yeah, maybe there's a problem with the test. I don't know. No, there's not. There's not though, because it's 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 interesting in how much of Russell 
and Moffat too that like sexuality is just there as a joke or is just there in a way that I think um because we had an argument about whether Captain Jack is good sorry to bring him up but whether whether he's good representation um and for a lot of it we were like for the most part he's a joke but there are very serious moments with him that make us made us agree that but yes s- he but is sexuality good is funny yeah yeah um but obviously like we, we were going according to the rules of like the the not mm. the not Beckwell test the other one I don't know the name of it um can we bring him in yeah should we get Josh, Josh! <laughs> I think he's gone in the toilet right wait bring him in because because I want I want to I want to ask him about this because this seems insane to me um, um but yeah no I, before he comes in I I, I like they've talked he talked a lot, like the production team talked a lot of talk, and then we got what mm. I perceive to be tepid LGBT representation. Oh, don't get me wrong. They, like, from saying that, they would, just yeah. they, like, everybody thought there was just going to be a gay uh, companion straight right. away. And then, okay, they've done it now. Yeah. But, like, in the last three episodes, like, why mm. not do it in Flux? Why not do it in Series 12? Like, why not? I think that they, I think there were hints of it in Series 11, and I think they, cu- they, they, they were so minor, though. They were very minor. And also, you know, as somebody who isn't, in the LGBT community, yeah. I also feel like it's not really my place to say whether. Yeah, whether shut your mouth. Not. Exactly, <laughs> precisely. I'm um, and but I do think like a lot of the hints that they did in series twelve were really beautiful, and I do I do think from the but insultingly subtle. Do you think so? Yeah. I, look I, at I, Martha and, I and the really tenth like doctor. How also I do have a problem with how everybody compares Moffat's era. So the the twelfth and thirteenth Doctor's eras. Mm. Every character arc lasts over like more than one series, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think people really struggle with that mm-hmm. because during d- uh, you know RTD's era, beginning of Moffat's era, most of the, of the character arcs would happen over one series. For sure, for sure. Whereas with this, if something doesn't happen in one series, everyone shits themselves and they're just like, "Well, this is awful. This has been written off." Yeah, but, but actually, I the just plan is like to do it over a few series. Yeah, I just feel like that these seeds that were planted were so subtle as mm. to be irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? I think they're so, so subtle th- that had had either the Daleks not happened mm. and we'd never had Tasman come to fruition yeah no one would really have been sure whether those hints were on purpose or not mm. which which like but then but then I guess like you wouldn't unless it was canonically confirmed right ever so no but hi Hello. Josh we have a uh, sorry to sorry to interrupt your w- hard work <laughs> but best <laughs> telling me that you um, assessed uh, New Who and decided that Chibnall's era is the best era for LGBT representation. Can you justify this to me? <laughs> <laughs> it, it surprised me too. Um, no, so um, LGBT-wise, um, I think looking at it in a 2018 onwards perspective, yeah, it's been pretty shocking to have had, I can think of at least two characters where it's like, they come on screen for about 30 seconds and then... And they're like, gay. oh yeah, I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I have a wife. <laughs> I think it was the fact that I think I think so. Looking specifically at series eleven, you had just for Ed, you had the announcement of like, um, I can't remember. Who it was, yeah, we were essentially like, oh yeah, this. we're gonna have yeah. the, the you know the um, gay representation in this, and in that series alone, like, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be so gay, and it was like the representation was very thin on the ground thin on the ground to put it politely thin Um, on the ground to non-existent yes um and then that the burial gaze thing just generally just pushed me over the edge to the extent that i was like this is but even if you take that out of it like even if the burial gaze thing like even if you ignore that it's Mm. it's still just like so minimal as to be insignificant yeah so then 
like with that mindset i've just kind of apart from praxius which i i, I thought oh was gosh yeah, i'd actually forgotten about praxis <laughs> praxis has been wiped from my memory yeah praxis is genuinely like terrific um more gay representation like praxis please um but yeah anyway so looking at um obviously trans representation is 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 a completely different topic and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunately terrible Mm -hmm. um but you've got um bisexuality or pansexuality with um uh james the (laughs) first right yeah sure okay (laughs) you had um angstrong in ghost monument mentioning her uh late wife so unfortunately she's she's a sad (laughs) lesbian but she's still a lesbian nonetheless right okay (laughs) aren't we all darling aren't we all (laughs) (laughs) um Obviously, up until um, New Year's Day, I was I was rather skeptical on the will they, weren't they? But you know, the fact that um, thirteen and Yaz are yeah. canon as both uh, queer is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, who else is there? But no, essentially, my point was where well, I was is like that guy who gets um, shot in uh, Resolution. Oh yeah, another <laughs> one, another one. Hello. No, not shot. He gets killed I by a dialect. Blah 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 blah. blah my boyfriend. <laughs> dead um no so i was kind of like oh yeah chris chibnall's era definitely has the burial gaze more than any other era. yeah yeah however okay it's not a chris chibnall problem, problem. okay fine it's doctor who 2005 was generally a problem mm-hmm. um you have i mean picture this how you want but jack died before he came back to life i know obviously like that's oh, not okay. exactly the yeah. greatest I, example yeah. um but you have um sky sylvestri in midnight mm-hmm. she yeah like true 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 brilliant character um mentions her ex-wife dies you have uh <laughs> the thin fat gay anglican marines from um <laughs> um pair of absolute icons a town no a good man goes to war yeah um yeah. yeah um terrible however in the same episode you have faster and jenny which is pretty good right excellent like yeah okay whatever <laughs> um you have i mean their dynamic is a bit weird because like jenny's like in vastra's employ which is like <laughs> quite an odd dynamic it's like there's something a bit bdsm about their relationship yeah. oh yeah it's <laughs> um just so you know whenever you're making asides we can't really hear you yeah um i was just gonna say like you did the bechdel test for lgbt right so this is where this is like you've done an actual test on this it's not just you being like do you need one moment i'll be able to get my notes okay I'm fine in the middle like mid essay on this oh thanks so much maybe Josh. let's not spend too much time on this because i am feeling ill i do sort of <laughs> feel like the feelings of the um of the individual matter as well yes and i feel like you know tests aside i'm oh, watching it and i'm feeling like well the 12th Doctor who had a whole ass companion who was gay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That so, as does, so does the 13th Doctor Zero. As did the, not meaningfully. Do you know what I mean? Not. But, for, but not why for is it not meaningfully? Because it's last because, minute. Because you think it's not meaningfully, but I know it, tons of people who struggle with their sexuality who think it's very meaningful because they've really struggled to come out and they actually believe that that storyline is, is really helpful to them. Yeah, it, I, it just <laughs> feels like this character wasn't conceived of that way. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I guess so, but... That doesn't mean the story isn't meaningful, yeah. I don't think. 
and I think Jack is g- Jack is good representation to a certain extent. I think there's problems with Jack. I think there's b- I think there's sort of um, negative bisexual stereotypes associated mm. with Jack. But I also think um, Jack, in many ways, is a celebration of bisexuality, and I think that's great yeah. too. And I think that also, as you just said, John Barrowman aside, there's always a problem with going by stats rather than how you feel and how it affects people as well. So let's I mean nevertheless hear the stats. <laughs> Here you go, Josh. We'll go to our statistician, uh, the <laughs> whippersnapper. Well, also you mentioned about um, Jack being a great uh, representation of like bisexuality and pansexuality. All of series one of Torchwood, all five of the main casts yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. make out with someone of um, the same gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so I think that's kind of praise that. Although, <laughs> yeah, if we so some the some of them are dubiously and like sli- slightly rapely. You know yep, the guy that Owen lovely. gets with in the first episode. Yeah, I do. I used to work with that guy. No! <laughs> I was what? so weird. So he was like, not on my team at work, but like adjacent to my team. So I'd be on calls with him. And that <laughs> I hadn't clocked because I hadn't seen that. You know, he's such a big character. I hadn't like recognized him. And then I was watching, I was re-watching Torchwood um, uh, one day. And I saw, and I was like, wait, wh- hold the fucking phone. And I rewound it and I was like, that guy works. <laughs> and I Googled him and he'd like had a few bit parts and things over the years. I never brought it up with him. Oh my god! Yeah, he's a Welsh guy called Gwillem. What a claim to fame! Mm. <laughs> uh, sorry, do you go on? Uh, right, so um, glad LGBT Better literally left the room now. And left <laughs> us to it. Um, glad LGBT uh, charity, I believe charity organization, um, developed their own like kind of gay version of the Bechdel test, uh, which contains three things for them to pass. First thing being number one, they're a queer slash trans character. Number two, said character is not. Uh, predominantly defined by their sexual or gender orientation or okay. identity. Third thing being that said character must also be tied to the plot in a way that their removal from the plot would have a significant effect. So, for example, they're not just there for colourful commentary, they're not there for a punchline, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you mentioned Jack. Jack so, is Susan the horse <coughs> not, not nope. does not <coughs> fulfil this whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> However iconic she may be, <laughs> she does not fulfil these are criteria. We are clutching at straws here. <laughs> <laughs> for the trans representation in Doctor Who. Um, so, people like Jack. For, so, Jack was a difficult one because he has quite a lot of his, within Doctor Who itself, not Torchwood mm-hmm. associated, in the actual show itself, I was like, oh my God, I'm struggling to think of a time where his sexuality is not used as a punchline. Mm. However, you do have your moments of in part, um, parting of the ways where like, he kisses the doctor in the same way he kisses Rose, and I believe in that moment that's quite. Yeah, I think um, it's also meant to be funny too, but mm. maybe not. Maybe not because I don't know. It's funny because it's hard as well because like Jack is a comic relief character too, mm. so like everything he's doing is for a punchline. Mm. Yeah, but you you have that scene we spoke about last of the Time Lords or whatever it was where Martha's looking at the doctor and he's like, "You too, huh?" Like that's a very serious moment. Mm, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the kind of like shared unrequited love. Um, who else have we got here? We have Mr. Lloyd, who is absolutely comic relief. Who the hell is uh, Mr. Who the Lloyd? hell even is Mr. Lloyd? He Explain. is... Explain. Okay. Um, series one, Doctor Dances. Um, oh, yes, absolutely. There's the yeah, sweat yeah, yeah. on your brow. It true, wasn't true, your true. wife having an affair with the baker. It was you. Yeah. Isn't um, it the butcher? Hmm? Butcher, the baker, candlestick, candlestick maker. maker. <laughs> one of the... <laughs> yeah. Um... Jake and Ricky, that was a deleted scene. Shakespeare, that's... Oh, there's a strong implication, though. Oh, yeah, the Jake and Ricky implication is stronger than any of the Yaz and the Doctor implications prior to <laughs> Leave of the Daleks. <laughs> Absolutely fucking is. 
I'm, Andrew Hayden Smith I'm as a sorry. person is a walking implication. I am sorry. <laughs> Absolute you bullshit. You can't put a twink like that in Doctor Who, and that is a, it, that is an implication. Sorry, right. I've got nothing to say. To you, <laughs> um, yeah, Shakespeare. He is kind of has a line about being bisexual. Absolutely paid off as, as laughs. Yes. Um, May and Alice Cassini. Meaning anything <laughs> you to you? To <laughs> <laughs> expand on that, Josh. Gridlock. Two old ladies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're like oh, sort stop of a punchline. Old-fashioned cat. Yeah, yeah. Sort even though it's year five billion and yeah, something, we still, still we've still got like homophobic yeah. cat people. Yeah, true. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, okay, fair point. Are all cats homophobic? That's an entirely different conversation. Um, Alonzo from Kylie episode fame. Yeah, um, Voyage of the Damned. So his entire first episode, well, main episode, it's not mentioned at all. Um, no. The second time we see him, it's in a very very short cameo. I feel it's played off for laughs, uh, up for interpretation. I, I think suppose. it's. I think it's. It's less a jo- more of it's less an overt joke and more just. This is Jack picking up a dude because that's what Jack does. Yes, exactly. Right, that's it's kind of like oh uh, Jack. I think it's meant to it meant to actually um, show the audience. Oh, this is Jack back to his true colors. Mm-hmm. You know, very good point. Uh, Roger and Davenport. <laughs> Who were Roger and Davenport? Were, um, Fuck's sake. Young gay couple in Unicorn and the Wasp, and one of them dies because he gets stung. Okay. So he's dead. Uh, Sky Silvestri mentioned her. Yanto yeah. Jones. I I mean, I can't particularly remember any lines that he says in The Stolen Earth. He's not particularly keen to the plot of that episode. No. And also, I don't actually know if within the TV show... Well, this is it. We only know that he's bisexual, tortured, pansexual, tortured, yeah. however, because of... Also, tortured. he always denies his own um, uh, queer identity, and he always says it was just Jack. Mm, yeah, that in itself is... Um, it's a bit of a red flag. Is a bit <laughs> <laughs> if the characters are not relevant to the plot, or they're paid off as a joke, or they die, it's not a good representation, right? Yes, precisely. Um, so as, as things go, that's it for Russell's era, which surprised I me. I question the if they die. Like I know the bury your gaze thing is a thing, mm. but like there's a massive difference between um, a character like um, Jack, Jack yeah. dying, or a character like Bill dying, or, or even a character like Sky Silvestri who mm-hmm. gets developed across a whole episode compared to like um, compared to. Um, Guy in resolution <laughs> who gets killed by a dart. Do you Richard, know what I mean? Please use his yeah, name. Right, his name exactly. is Richard. Um, is he called Richard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. That surprised me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Shout out to Starless Wiki for actually giving these characters names because yeah. I would not have known this. Jolly good. Um, um, <laughs> I just think it's yeah. Uh, well, that's 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 your Russell era. Yeah. Um, Moffat. Very quickly going through this. Oh Can- wow. Canton. He's genuinely like. I think... Oh, he's good rep. Yeah, he is good rep. Yeah. How, and there is a punchline at the end there. However, I think the punchline's on Nixon. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. The punchline is on the homophobe. Mm-hmm. We like we like. Hanson Not on the homo. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Finn one mentioned them. Yeah. Shocking. Vasher and Jenny <laughs> mentioned them. Great. Oswin Clara. Mm. I Bisexuality. Mean, I think that's more mm. played... That's more there for, for Stephen Moffat's boner than anything <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of the Clara Sprinter's bisexuality is there for, for the male gaze. Mm. You know, make oh, it that totally. way you will. Totally, totally, totally. What did you say, Beth? I said that that's the problem with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. 
Um, I look, I can, I'll defend Moffat until the cows come home, but I can't. I can't defend that. That so, is yeah. inexcusable, yeah. yeah. Uh, Laura. Who's Laura? Who is Laura? Laura is. Laura. Power of three in there. There's like a short segment of like going through years. Blah, blah, blah. So this is actually months, fucking sorry. Chibnall anyway. Oh, God, yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Um, very, very quick scene of Amy at a bar with a woman who looks like Frankie from the Saturdays, which is great. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they're, they're having a conversation and Amy's like, oh my God, absolutely, I'd love to be your bridesmaid. It's about time. She made an honest woman out of you. This is... Th- that is fucking classic Chibnall gay rep, though. And this is the problem. You can <laughs> list as many people as you like. And that when that's your representation compared Laura. to Bill Potts, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you can't mm. compare it. Mm-hmm. It's, ap- it's apples and oranges. Um, you've got Yasmin Khan, Shmasmin Shman, and it's got like oh, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. It's an afterthought. Yeah, it's too late for it's too late in my opinion. What do you think about it, Tasmin Josh? What do I think about Tasmin? Um, I'm. Uh, to be honest, once New Year's happened, mm. I was like, oh, oh my God, this is, they're actually doing it. Yeah. They're actually doing it. This has gone a, f- a stage further than I was already expecting with my absolute bar on the on the floor. floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level of representation in Doctor Who. Um, I absolutely wish that it happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, um, it's a complex one because I also think that it's, it's wonderful that, they've actually listened to fans and gone, hmm, yeah, better the okay, same thing. we're actually going to go, Not uh, like, we're not going to just let this be a theory. Mm. We're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to commit I'd agree to that this. is a good thing. And, yeah. I just think it could have happened earlier. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's probably my biggest criticism of it. And like, okay, whilst there's been hints and stuff, I believe that there's been interviews sort of saying that it was only really like intentionally a thing mm. from series 12 and um, Flux. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a fart in the wind as well. The, the the way it's been dealt with, it's like, I don't know. I just, I just think if you're going to do, I, I said this to you, I think the other day, but if you're going to do something as cheap as this, and it is cheap to do it this late in the day, but I think that's fine if you just do it and they, and they snog and they're in love and, oh, and I then tragically Yaz gets snatched away from the doctor and then the doctor, reach out. but it's like, they've gone, Oh, we'll say it. But like, We'll just make. We'll just make. It was weird the way they interacted in the Sea Devils one. It's. It was so like, you know, the Doctor keeping Yaz at a distance. It was like so um, unsatisfactory. Do you know what I mean? Like, how is that any different to the Tenth Doctor trying to keep Rose at bay a little bit and saying like, you know, I can't spend the rest of my life with you? Or I think with that, I I think that a main difference is. The conversation of I can't be with you forever between Ten and Rose happened in their third episode out of like an entire series. Mm-hmm. I also think, okay, and whilst Ten and Rose never actually kissed, you had it in Cassandra's body, you had it like kissing a helmet, and then like that's essentially it. Like there was, it, like it wasn't, but like kissing his helmet. Yes. So in the Where Ood, do I need in to the Ood two-parter, like he's about to go down in that lift thing, and she's right. like, she kisses him, like kisses the helmet, like. Space helmet. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it. I think it's Beth's slightly looking at me like. Belland. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it. I thought. I think it is. It can be unhelpful to compare thirteen and Yaz to 
Ten and Rose. However, we're also we've not got many representation of the Doctor being in love with the companion anyway. Yeah, so yeah, I, I yeah. Get it, I get it. Um, but no, I I I do feel gutted that they didn't kiss. Mm-hmm. I don't see an actual explicit reason as to why they couldn't have mm. kissed or even a peck on uh, the and cheek. And like the doctor's playing or with her fucking emotions anyway. So mm. like, I think, you know, if they kiss and then the doctor's like, I mean, there's no, still opportunity like for them to kiss in the last episode, but like, I don't think on. they've got room for it. There's too much going on in that last episode. <laughs> it's just so much happening. Maybe Ace will kiss her. Oh my God, that would be iconic. Maybe a that's milf. how it ends. Yaz gets with a milf at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Or even Tegan. Oh my God, Tegan. Oh no. (laughs) Can you imagine if they finally canonise properly that Ace is actually not straight and it's because she's running away with Yaz and they should be gay together. Could you imagine... (laughs) Yes, I would be obsessed with that. <laughs> corporate, concept. Corporate ace and cop Yaz. <laughs> I would be. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. They'd get their own float at London oh Pride. God. It yeah. would be extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, my God. A charitable earth. Oh, God. Um, I'm very quickly wrapping up Moffat's era. Sorry. So you had, <laughs> right. Bill... Terrific. I generally, I, I love everything about Bill's representation. Some people were just like, oh, she mentions being gay too much. I'm like, have you met a gay person? This is literally <laughs> all we do. Um, you had Penny. Yeah. Who is, is Bill's date. But also. Actually good representation though, because there's a whole dynamic between them where like Bill's only recently out and Penny mm. isn't. And like Penny's like, I, I you know, I don't like that you're embarrassed by me. And mm-hmm. like, that's like something LGBT people of all descriptions face all the time is that is that disconnect, you know? Well, not only that, there's also the intersectionality part of their relationship because literally, apart from a, a tiny, tiny snippet of Martha and Mickey, mm. when have we ever had two not white people mm-hmm. in Doctor Who mm. in, like, a relationship or dating yeah, yeah, or yeah. anything like that? And the fact that they're both not straight as well, I think is... Mm. I, I, I love that. Um, shame that it's almost paid off for last because oh hey look the pope's on our date like yeah but that's that's less <laughs> but it's, that's it's less not the, it's not insulting. the fact they're gay being played for last it's the fact they're on a date being played for last which yeah, is which is you know um heather as well and if you i'm sorry if you were to compare heather as a, a significant other to a companion if you were to compare that to mickey or if you compare that to danny pink or like, oh yeah heather's shit there's heather's shit it's yeah but it's, i think that's the, yeah yeah heather's shit I, there's no defending Heather. You got and the la- the last one, <laughs> the last one of Moffat's era. And I, oh I was no, gonna I try then. And I was like, actually no. <laughs> I was gonna say, to be fair, Mickey, Rory, etc., had more time, but actually, Danny Pink only gets a season. Um, true. And true. and he's much more fleshed out than Heather. Yeah. Oh, even that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then the last one. I mean, okay, no, you got River Song. Sorry. Um, I do believe that that's also played off a last. Oh, absolutely. But like, and and again, and again similar, similar sort of Stevens Boner. Yeah, 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 precisely. Same exactly categories. Same thing. Oswin, Clara, etc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then randomly, the Eaters of Light. Oh yeah, like, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's such an interesting take because it's like, oh, um, we're all we're all normal. We all that. like we all like all genders. Mm. But like, you're quite close-minded. Only like women. You're, and then mentions like some other guy called I think called Vitus. And it's just like, oh, Vitus only likes guys. Like, how narrow-minded. I think it's kind of <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, so that entire scene is just... 
I think it's great. I'm yeah, just like, it's kind of cool. Sure, like it's one of the better things about it. it's for snooze fest that episode. It's one of the better, better things about it. I think it's one of the only things I remember. Yeah. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, that's kind of it, really, isn't it? That's the that's the whole that's Muppet as era. Good as it gets. Are you going to give um, me the Chibnall list now? Uh, we yeah. done? Did we do that already? I mean, we. I think we've done it. So we've got <laughs> the Doctor Yaz Angstrong of Dead Wife, yeah. sad lesbian fame. Uh, Frankie of um, Chris Noth's daughter's no, Chris Noth's niece in Arachnids in the UK. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her niece's wife, and she again dies. Is she? Is she seen on screen? Um, what the wife? Yeah, no, doesn't count then. No, 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 but the... The niece is seen on screen. The, fine, the, yeah, yeah the, that's fine then. So the no, niece the, is... No, the she is the niece's wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's not the niece. Yeah. Oh, and the niece is off, is off she, screen. Because she's talking to him and she's like, I'm your niece's wife. I don't quite know why she right. needs to explain that. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, James I being by Pan, however you want to put it. Um, <laughs> Richard from Resolution. Yeah. Oh, yeah Icon. Um Ranskarov Collis. Do you know what? That could that could have an exclusively LGBT cast and I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> like um and then Jake and Adam from Praxius. Who yeah, I'll give them some credit, Jake and Adam, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're good representation. And very interestingly, I haven't quite done the stats or whatever, but like a lot of the a lot of these characters, if they're in just one episode, that episode is written by a LGBT plus writer. Oh, okay. Um yeah. Cool. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Josh. Sorry, I feel like I just no, no. We loved it, stats, and uh, <laughs> and sorry, Beth, for uh, for replacing you for no. 10, minutes. I think I mean it's better for Josh to explain it because he's literally writing an essay about it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what I would say is that, like as you say, we've done a certain test to find mm. out that information. But I guess it is down to whatever you, to feel, how you feel, how you feel about the characters, whether you think they represent you, and. Mm. So we just a weird interaction here where I was waving bye to Josh, and he was like, "You want me to leave? You want me to leave?" And I'm like, "No, it's fine." Uh, Bye, Josh. <laughs> thanks, Josh. Thank you, hon. Um, yeah, I think, obviously, it's down to, you know, I think a lot of people do feel that Russell's era is more um, representative of them or more camp or more queer, and that's more comforting to mm. them. Um, so it's whatever, you know, you personally take from it, obviously. Mm. Um, I just thought it was an interesting test because I'd never totally. heard of it before. And, uh, you know what? I, I don't even... It's not even that I necessarily think that the... I think I do think this, but it's not... My overwhelming feeling isn't Chibnall era LGBT rap is shit compared Mm. to other eras. It's just, it's shit. Yeah. However shit the other eras are, that's... Mm. Yeah, let's talk about that too, but this Mm. is the era that's happening now. And it was also the era that was where they talked the talk about LGBT. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I mean, I I think the Fassman stuff... I, I have really enjoyed it and I really like that they've kind of done the long game with it and that it's mm. kind of like the fact that she's struggling to come to terms mm-hmm. with her feelings because I find that a really interesting angle. Yeah. But I could see why people would be upset that there's only a couple of episodes to fully explore it. Yeah. Um, I do totally get that. Maybe because I'm not in the LGBT community. Maybe, maybe that's why it doesn't bother me as much. Like, you know, I can't really say, like, from my point of view, you know... Yeah, I, I think I mean? as as a member of said community, it feels like we've been given a crumb. Yes, and the, I can I can understand minute. why, which is why I I try not to kind of like, I guess, be too adamant that it's fine because it's not really up to me whether it's fine. And I think that I really enjoy it for what it is, and I really like it, and I think that it's it's been really great. But I could you know that it and it'll be interesting to see what they do with it in the in the next. Yeah, episode, and frankly. but at the end of the day, it's. 
up to the people that it it affects and who it represents and how it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, I've got a few friends that are like, you know what, this is this I really resonate with this because I've really struggled to come out as well, and it's taken me years, and yeah. I feel really seen by Yaz. And there are other people that are like, well, would we struggle to come out if this stuff just happened really easily and openly, and you know they did it in Series Eleven or blah blah. blah. So. Yeah. You know, I could completely see it from both um, perspectives. And you, c- and you can't predict how people are going to connect to things either. Like no, you, and exactly. And it's always, it's sometimes unintentional. Like, yeah. the best trans moment in Doctor Who for me is in Deep Breath. And like... When he says, Ste- you can't see yeah. me. And Stephen yeah. Moffat wasn't thinking about trans people when he wrote mm-hmm. that. There's no way he was thinking about trans people when he wrote that. But like, yeah. I feel seen when I watch that. And I, and I feel something when I watch that. And yeah. like, you can't... You can't fake that. You can't, y- and you can't engineer that. And that's, I think, that's a problem with a lot of stuff that's happening now, with, um, you know, the awareness of all kinds of issues, not just LGBT people, but mm. issues around race, issues around gender, is meaning that people with good intentions are putting representation in stuff in a well-intentioned way, and it's not landing because it feels en- engineered and mm. manufactured. Mm. When some of the best stuff comes from. When it's just a organic, accident or mm. or, p- or things being organic and, and imperfect, do you know what I mean? It's hard. Isn't I it? love because Lola like by the Kinks. If I was right, <laughs> I love that fucking song, yeah. and it's not and and like it's arguably quite offensive, but it but like it's it's one of the first times I'd heard that like a person could exist like I exist. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. And um, I think you um, know it, the song says like, oh, she's a man, but like. Uh, the terminology is like neither here nor there. Like I don't, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's about yeah. the feeling. I I yeah I I agree in the sense that um, I think a lot of people have said that they think that the representation stuff in this era has felt a bit forced, and I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say forced. Mm-hmm. I would I would have said engineered maybe. Mm. And, sometimes and you can I do think deliberate. you can feel like. Um, sometimes I think you c- it can feel like this is one man trying to do representation of all these types of people and maybe more could have been done to involve more people that could have written that from different perspectives. And fair play to, to Chibnall for getting, you know, the right people to write mm-hmm. the historicals and the right people to kind of, um, you know, yeah, diversify. Although, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how the... right. I'd have to be talk to these individual writers, but I mean, mm-hmm. I said this way back when Series 11 happened. So you've got a series predominantly written by Chris Chibnall. You've got um, uh, Rosa co-written by Mallory Blackman, a black a black person, mm-hmm. about the civil rights movement. Yeah. You've got Demons of the Punjab written by Vinod Vino Patel mm-hmm. about India and Pakistan. But then you've got Future you've of the Jadoon written by Vinod Patel. Right, but that's the which next. I'm, I'm making a point yeah. specifically about Series 11. And you've got um, The Witchfinders, which is like a very like, mm-hmm. you know, um, gender and sexism focused story written by a white woman. You've got, um, is that it? Yes, and I can see that? where you're oh, going Ed with Heim, this. Ed Heim, the other mm-hmm. new th- writer in that season, mm-hmm. gets to write whatever the fuck he and wants. And Pete Matisse. And Pete Matisse. Mm-hmm. They both but get to write whatever the fuck right, they want. you're right, but I do think there was a writer's room and they all, I think they came up with the ideas themselves yeah. to an extent. Um, but also, I guess, if you, this is what's hard, isn't it? Because if you are a showrunner and you are coming to a series and you're like, I want to tell new stories that haven't been touched before in Doctor Who, you know, for example, about um, different countries or different people of different races and different histories and different parts of politics that we've never touched on before. Um, you know, the civil, 
civil rights movement, etc. You can't go into that and be like, right, well, I'm just going to write this myself. You have to find oh, yeah, the right type right. of person yeah. to help you write it um, so that you get it right. Because mm-hmm. then the danger of that then is having none of these stories at all and yeah. then, then having the diversity, but they're just writing about Doctor Who without that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like like we've just said, I think it should be both. I think Vinay Patel should absolutely write um, Demons and of the Punjab. And it did end up being and that then, way in Series 12, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, and then writing for the Jadoon. Um, I think it... it I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I would rather have those stories written by the right people than not have them at all. Oh, I'd agree. I would agree. Um, I'd agree. And I, I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of reading The Witchfinders at the moment, and I think that just having women writing Doctor Who or people mm-hmm. writing their stories is a great thing. Um, mm-hmm. And like you say, later on, you know, they can write other stuff, and it doesn't have to be tethered to their identity. Totally. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. That he did I just that think he also 11. should have made I, Ed Hyman, Pete McTighe write about <laughs> white men's issues. So uh, what yeah. could they have written about? Going to the going to the dogs, maybe. <laughs> um, stag dudes. Ed Hyman could have done an episode about stag dudes. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about their. You know, no, I don't. I don't. Sexualities or their personalities or whatever. So you know, they could have. I was, I was being glib. No, no, I know. <laughs> but no, you're 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 right to an extent, and maybe. Maybe if they had given like two episodes to Joy Wilkinson during that series, or mm, you know, yeah. m- made it a little bit more, like you say, it's, there's more opportunity for that's people the thing, to write about that, more I mean than that, their that's identity. That's the insane thing is like everyone talked talked up how um, diverse series eleven was with the writing staff, and it was more so than any other new Who season. Like, oh my god, we did the maths the other day. Stephen Moffat like Sarah was fucking abysmal for, yes. and, as, uh, and Russell's was even more. Well, that's the thing we we did the, we did it the other day, and it was like twenty percent. Yeah. Of um, so it's like ninety percent of Chibnall's era were. No, what was it? I can't remember what it was, but it was basically like such a. Obviously, we know that almost no women wrote Doctor Who before. But this, era. D- this so. is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, like uh, obviously there was a step in the right direction, but still, Series Eleven, the most represented group was was white men mm. in that. Um, yeah, you know, in that writing staff, um, and that's because Chibnall writes so many episodes as well, right? Wh- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a factor. Mm. Um, what what stat did I come up with once? Oh yeah, prior to series eleven, more people called Stephen had written for New Who than women, mm. <laughs> which is just insane. I mean, it is, and and I I always think about this because I do wonder, especially when you look back to earlier in New Who. I think Moffat said once, you simply cannot find women that want to write Doctor Who, and I just will never understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's um, just plainly untrue. It's, yeah. And and I feel the, s- the same just way wrong. Just wrong. before Russell was announced to be showrunner, I just thought, there surely will be a woman somewhere who is capable of showrunning this show. Yeah. Absolutely there is. Um, and there are absolutely so many women. Like, Juno Dawson could write an entire series of Doctor Who easily. Easily. I mean, in many ways she has. She and has. Well, she I can't has. believe She's we haven't gotten to that yet. Well, well yeah. yeah. Maybe we should move on to that in a bit. But, um... I think that, as I was going to say earlier, that's I've heard some people say that the representation in this era is forced, and I don't mm. agree. And I think that trying, doing it at all is better than not doing it. Mm-hmm. If you're I doing it in the right way and you get the correct people to do it, to tell the stories, etc. Um, and I would rather, and maybe this is because this is the type of person I am, but I would rather celebrate Plasmin for what it is and what I'm getting out of it and the fact that it exists at all. Mm. But maybe that's because it's not aimed, maybe it's not my story to tell. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe... That's how I feel about it. But then I'm not saying that, you know... I think it probably helps that you've enjoyed this era. And of course, and, I've loved and, it. I've loved this era. And, I, therefore, I, and therefore, the 
you find it easier to enjoy mm. aspects of it because it's yes. p- it's part of a thing you already like. And I also find mean? as well that a lot of people seem to even um, be negative about the most brilliant parts of this era because they just simply don't like the era. And I think once you don't yeah. like the era at all, it's really hard for you to find things it, you like. And probably the same for me. It's hard for me to find things I dislike because I do love it. I so feel much. the same way. And like I, you know, I hold my hands up. I'm. I'm ready to not enjoy things now with this with this era of Doctor Who. Mm. Like I'm ready. I'll sit down now, and I'm like ready to think it's crap. Mm. And I and I don't like that. But that's, I mean, it's just, you know, that's just how you know feel I mean? about this. And I, if I someone if someone brings you a a a plate of out of date ham <laughs> once an hour, it, you you're gonna after after the first six plates, you're gonna start expecting out of date ham, aren't you? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? My thing is that because everybody else, most people that I know seem to react and people online react to this era of Doctor Who so badly that whenever I go into an episode, I panic about, I feel like I've almost gaslighted myself into thinking that like, surely I cannot, I cannot possibly like this thing that everybody else hates. So then I go into every episode being like, oh my God, is this going to be, is this going to be like, is this going to be good or is it just going to be that I enjoy it or is it going to be that? Because I leave most episodes being like, that was brilliant. Then I go online and I'm like, oh... No, like a lot of people, I, I follow a lot of people that love it. Um, but there are a lot of I do have a few friends that just will never enjoy this era. Mm. Um, and I think I just panic that like, is this just is it just me? Like I don't I don't understand because I genuinely ha- always enjoy different. it. Like w- you and I have always enjoyed different parts of Doctor Who anyway, even before mm. this era. Like yeah, your your favorite episodes and my favorite episodes are not have never been the same. Yeah. Um. So it's just taste. It is taste yeah. to an to an extent. I mean, I think there are things that with this era that are fundamentally uh, incompetent, but I think lots of it is lots of it is taste. You mm, know. Yeah, and I think I can see, for the most part, I can see like when people say things, certain flaws and certain things that they find wrong that I can agree with. Why? Like it's like I can see why you don't like it, but I still like that. Mm, you know. Mm-hmm. But there are other things where I'm like, I can't believe that you're picking that apart for that. It's just because you don't like this part. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. And I mean? once you started picking something apart, it's so easy to ca- to spiral with it. it. And I think yeah. a lot of people have spiraled into it. Shall we segue into talking about Doctor Who Redacted? Yeah. Because that is some of the best LGBT representation Doctor Who's yeah, had, and it is. is yeah. W- and there's something we agree on as well. We both think it's fantastic. Mm. Um, I hope it, we're, we're about to spoil it, by the way. So if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, pause this and listen now because we will. I don't care about spoilers, so we're going to talk, talk talk spoilers. Mm. Um, yeah, Beth, what did you think of Doctor Who Redacted? Um, I Doctor Who, two. Uh, yeah, Doctor Who Redacted first two episodes has genuinely been some of my favourite Doctor Who The, the third episode might be out by the time. Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe I'll ed- edit this tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, go on. We, I mean, we've only listened to the first two. And I think that Doctor Who Redacted is some of my favourite Doctor Who to exist ever. I think it's so well written. And such an interesting concept because i mean as a podcast person myself a true crime podcast fan mm. to have someone like the idea of course in the doctor universe you have like your modern day linda where people have made a podcast about the mystery of the doctor like oh my of God, course as a podcaster to hear mm-hmm. a doctor who series about a doctor who basically a doctor who podcast yeah. is so funny it's a series about doctor who fans yeah fans of the doctor yeah so great but, so but great. also they just happen to also be you know LGBT women and women. Uh, yeah. The fact, honestly, for me, I think the fact that we've got a Doctor Who spin-off that is con- um, going back, annoyingly going back to representation and stuff again. But having a Doctor Who spin-off that is three leads that are all women and it's written by a woman and produced by a woman um, 
and the fabulous, amazing, incredible Gabriella De Mateus, who got this off the ground. Um, BBC brand editorial woman. Big up, Gabriella. I can't remember her job role. Um, all of those incredible women who have made something so representative of of where where we where job we're role. at with Italian Doctor Italian <laughs> and within fandom and and just like it feels so special mm. and so yeah, well so written. Special. So well written, so like for the fans, but in an amazing way, and like for the right fans. Mm. Like, so funny. Yes. So well performed. It very much does feel like it's for younger fans, I think, for sure. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad but thing. But not in a patronising way, no. like, in a, oh God, like no. in a fun way. The characters speak to each other the way that I speak to the people that live in my flat. With yeah, them, you know? like, like it's <laughs> so, it's so great. And it's a different kind of story. It's not like... You know, Big Finish are great and they're doing what they're doing, but it's not like um, it's trying to do what Telly Doctor Who is doing, and I love mm-hmm. that about it. It's it's a different kind of story and it's a different kind of format. Mm. Um, so it's not like I'm, I'm. It doesn't feel like I'm listening to a Doctor Who episode. No, really, it feels like I'm listening to something different. But it also doesn't feel like. I mean, I've not listened to Big Finish for a couple of years. Um, so just took a big break out of Doctor Who and haven't got around to it again. But um. It feels different, so different from even Big Finish as well. Oh my god, yeah, so different. It's so much. It's so much lighter and yeah, um, not snappier. really as bogged. I mean, which is interesting because it is based around Doctor Who lore, but it's not bogged down by it in the way that I think. You no, think you wouldn't. You maybe would be yeah, Big yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's so it's just so good. Um, and like so, it, it yeah, and like so, such a good example of where um, you can. Like obviously, there's great trans representation in it, and like, and d- how does that like make? Do, do you feel seen by that? Yeah, do it's you a feel main character, not a side character. That's the mm. other thing. It's like not just like some side character where they bring her yeah, in for it's the, the lead and the also lead. the writer. Like the writer and the writer, and that's the thing that like you can tell the writer like mm. um, really cared about that. And really cared that. about, but like also just knows about it. Just mm. like knows about what being a trans person is like. And um, does it feel to you like really good representation of how you would want a Doctor Who companion or do- main Doctor Who character to feel yeah, like? Yeah, but that's the funny thing. Like, um, what's Charlie Curtis' character called? Uh, Cleo. Cleo. Cleo's nothing like me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're nothing alike. She doesn't talk like me. Um, she doesn't have a, a life like mine. But like, that almost makes it better. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's like well, because it, well, you don't want you know. There's no assumption that all trans women are the same. No, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's almost makes it better. Is like yeah. I, I it, it, it's just, yeah. It's like a I don't know, I don't even know how to express it. It's, it's just like representation of an experience that you've you've had, but so different. It's like you can feel seen, but also like oh, we're not all painted with the same brush as the same type of person. Exactly, and it's also not. Um, the the cookie cutter trans person that you sometimes get in, in mm. t- television and film that's like, you know, um, uh, yeah, just the same tropes you get all the time. I really mm. like, I really, really like her relationship with her brother. I love it. Um, I love it. The way her brother's sort of got an in- imperfect relationship with her being trans. Uh, or he's just learning. He's still learning. He's I love learning, that. Yeah. and I really like that. And it reminds me of my relationship with members of my own family. So even like, mm. even though th- I think that's it, really. Actually, I was being inarticulate, but this is it. Even though Cleo and I are nothing alike, there are things about her where I can go, "Oh yeah, that's just like mm. me and my own family," and and yeah. that's just like. But equally, I think this points to why representation to me is more complex than. Mm-hmm. A one for one, there's a trans person. No, that's me. Because mm. there's 
I can nitpick. I can um, pick up on other things about other people that aren't trans or are, you know, uh, not even like me at all. And I can go, oh, I feel seen by that. I feel seen by this. Yeah. I feel, do you know what I mean? So is that kind of because you've had to though? Because there's a lack of representation. Maybe, but also it's sort of just like you. We relate to. I think we relate to everybody, don't we, in we our do, lives? Absolutely. And which is what I was trying to say earlier. In that, like, obviously, repre- representation. You're, you're, is you're good. in a relationship with a man, and mm-hmm. you relate to things about him, and he relates mm-hmm. things about you and that's mm. how we form relationships with each yes. other is we is we see ourselves in each other and which is why I, d- I do think that representation is such an incredible thing um but we do there's a reason we all connected to doctor who in the first place you mm. know and uh, and, we c- and we can learn things mm-hmm. about people that are not like us yes and that's yeah. that's the that's the, th- that's main the second facet of good of representation yes the i think first that, is yeah. we can is i as a trans person can Look at another trans person going, oh, she's like me. Mm-hmm. But the but the the second thing is that you know someone else who isn't trans and doesn't know anyone who's trans yeah. can listen to Doctor Who with that and go, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they can hear, and then it's just it's they can it's hear or see something else and go, oh, there's another yeah. trans person or whatever. At the end and of the day, it, is, it is just about telling different stories yeah. and how important it is to tell different stories and 100%. about different people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that about Redacted because I think it's like you have three LGBT plus women mm-hmm. at the front of it, but they're all very different and they all have very different stories mm-hmm. and they're from different places. And the I think that, you know, as someone who isn't LGBT, there's still so much for me to relate to there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think the, w- the way that it's written and the way they interact, I think is really... Um, it's so It feels like so fresh mm-hmm. because I think with class... I I've only I've only rewatched it once and I can't remember it massively. I do remember them talking in the way that I spoke, but I think this is even this is the most like how I am as a person with my friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and class was a bit Americanized and like yes, a yeah, bit this feels very British. I mean, it was written by an American, wasn't it? Yeah, for one. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't hate class. No, I really like class. I I didn't like it at first, but then I rewatched it and fell in love with it. Yeah, and it's I, all right. But I really it, love class. Um. But I think that, and I'm not trying to compare it because Redacted is a completely different beast, but um, I think for me, having these three women from all around the country who have all dropped out of uni and they're all a, they're all a little bit, because also, you know, me and a lot of my friends are in our mid to late 20s or I've, have, I've got people, friends who are in their early 20s and it's all like, we're all panicking all the time. We've all, we all don't know what we're doing. And it, fe- it feels like really relatable that they're all just like, they've dropped out of uni. None of them really know what's going on. They they don't know what totally. their career is, their life is. They're obsessing over this conspiracy thing that kind of brings yeah. their friendships. I mean, this is us, right? We saying, I'm a theatre usher. Like yeah, <laughs> but you know, this is exactly, this is exactly who we are. Yeah. All, every, we, you know, we're having these conversations last night. All of, all of, all of my friends, all of us don't know what the hell we're doing, but we all mm. just come together to obsess over something that makes us happy and brings us together. And that's exactly what's reflected in this mm. and then just the fact that we get so many so many cool past references oh my god so is, good we've just met so rani clever. chandra again oh rani it's so so she said something rani said something in the latest episode about like there's three of us mm. so i'm very intrigued to know i think surely kate stewart and osgood oh, because we know they've, they've been announced feature, don't we and i think madame vastra is appearing as an older version of Madame Vastra that we know. Because oh really? it's an older actress that's playing her. Oh, we've not got Neve McIntosh? No. Oh. No. It's going to it's gonna be Vastra post-Jenny dying. Later, later, late, much later, surely. Like now, Vastra, oh. who she would be now, surely. Yeah, in the present day. Yeah. 
So we know we've no, we've no Jenny then. An older woman. Yeah, well, Jenny's not been an out, so oh. I would assume not, unless she's now immortal. But I do really hope. I, I hadn't re- really thought of that. <gasps> Funny to think of Vastra still knocking about in the in the twenty twenty first yeah, century. That's what I'm I excited to find that. out about. Yeah. What's she been up to all these years? Yeah, I really hope they address it. But then <gasps> I'm thinking maybe they'll so cover cool. like a Victorian Blue Box Files case or something, and then they'll go and interview her or something. Like and they find her, and she—I'm imagining her like a Miss Havisham. Mm, yeah. Like they yeah. find her in this yeah. old house and with like <laughs> all these plants. Yeah, I yeah, um, yeah, all these plants. Yeah. I love that they're going back and like meeting these really niche meme almost meme like characters oh my god <laughs> oliver fucking morgenstern the fact when he showed up i nearly screamed on the bus yeah i mean it is pretty it's hilarious i can't i just keep like i can't wait to see they what get the same actor i don't know it wasn't the same actor for penny so i don't know i don't think i don't actually know i haven't checked but, is it not um, the same actor for penny i thought no there's a th- and then she says um doesn't she oh can you change my voice oh really Cause it's a reference to the fact huh. that it's not her it's a different actress but it's because the actress doesn't do acting anymore and they couldn't oh, find okay. her anywhere um but um yeah i love that we they cover like a doctor past doctor who story every episode i really hope that continues as well oh yeah i suppose they have so um, far yeah and just all of the re- like the fact that like cleo i think is either from the powerless state or ne- like near the powerless state mm. and and then you've got um i think shauna who is living like opposite um yas yas mm-hmm. like yeah, you yeah. Know, um I love, all, I just love, I love all the references and I love that they've, I think it's been done in such a clever way as well. Yeah. It doesn't so feel too over the top, does it? It's so tight, so smartly done. I love it. Uh, and I can't wait for more of it. Yeah. I think we've, I think we're done. You think we're done? <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah, we can, we can be done. Um, What's happening with you? Anything uh, you want to plug? Anything people should look out for? Um, God, my brain just went blank. Probably. Ink two. Ink two, yeah. Buy um, some shit. Yeah, I think that's. I don't really know what I'm doing at the moment. I've okay. like, I mean, I do a lot of talking about Doctor Who on Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, at Oh My Stars with a zero and a four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Just uh, writing stuff. So keep an eye out for that. Jolly good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Molly underscore Martian. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Galactic Yo Yo Pod. Um, Johnny and I actually. <laughs> Since uh, our last podcast, we did the play, and we're uh, we're doing the play again. So if you're in London on the 19th of June or on the 20th of June, come see Road to Nowhere at the Hope Theatre in Islington. I'll put a um I'll put a note in the description for that. If you want to follow the theatre company on Twitter, we're at Little Creatures with a Z. Um, you can also find my poems on Instagram, um, at Poetry Bits Daily. And if you want to li- listen to my um badly recorded music. Um, you can go to mollymarshmusic.bandcamp.com. I don't usually plug all of this stuff, but I thought since I've not made a podcast in the war w- in a while, you might want to find you do so much stuff, Molly. <laughs> I do, I do too much stuff. Um, but uh, I'm going to do some more Galatios soon. I promise. Um, maybe not loads in like the next few weeks, just because I've got to rehearse for a play. But um, in the summer. In the summer, but there'll be more Galactic Yo-Yo. Yeah, do I more promise. about Redacted for sure. Are we going to do more about Redacted? Yeah. Um, stu- like that's on the way. Um, yeah, I want to get it up and running again. Um, this year, but uh, but like I'm not going to make any promises I can't keep. We miss you, Galactic Yo-Yo. Oh, thanks, Beth. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks everyone. See you soon. Bye bye. Happy Easter.